Hello and welcome to Ellen and Ovary's first podcast in our culture series. My name is Sheila Fahi and I'm here with my colleagues today, Sarah Henchos, who heads up the employment team, and Rachel Reeves, who is counsel in the employment team. Here, we think over the next couple of years, the culture of an organisation is going to come under increasing scrutiny. Today, we're going to shine the spotlight on pay parity, with particular focus on gender. We're going to explore the pros and cons of conducting an equal pay audit and how employers mitigate their risks if they unearth some pay discrepancies. So can I start with you, Sarah? But before we get to the nitty-gritty of conducting an equal pay audit, can you tell us what equal pay and culture, how they work together? Sure. A culture of an organisation is the values of that organisation and how a company exhibits that partly through the information the company puts out about itself, how it expects employees to behave, how it distinguishes itself in the market. Part of that information is also what its employees are saying about it. And there's such a wealth of information now available to people um, to actually find out really what a culture of an organisation is like. And of course, equal pay and gender pay gap reports for larger employees will be part of that information that is available to people when deciding whether or not they want to join an organisation and what the culture of that organisation really says about it. Thanks, Sarah. Rachel, can you walk us through pay parity and what exactly we mean by this? Well, when we talk about pay parity, we can mean a number of things from how a man and woman are being paid in an organisation, are they being paid equally, or whether or not we're looking at mean and median pay um, akin to what's been disclosed in gender pay gap reports recently. But in the cultural context, um, we've seen a a big change in culture. Since last year, organisations have now been reporting on their gender pay um, and the press has had access to it and lots of commentary around what it's seen and the statistics that have been reported. So that's given us a different insight into an organisation's culture. And it's putting the focus on when you put all of um, your female population's pay into one bucket and look at what the mean and median is, as against all the male employees' pay um, and the differences in that, it may appear like a distorted picture. Because if you have fewer women at one uh, level in an organisation, such as in senior positions, then the data that's reported will not necessarily be a true reflection of, of pay parity across that organisation. Can I stop you there just for a minute, Rachel? So that is a different issue to equal pay. It is indeed, but I think because of the focus and the spotlight on gender pay gap reporting, people have started to take an interest in equal pay. And as a consequence, um, questions are now being asked and individuals who look at the gender pay gap reports are thinking, does that mean I'm actually being paid less than my male colleague? That's not what the gender pay gap data is showing. Um, Equal pay is about people on the same contractual terms and conditions being paid the same for the same job. Um, But I think that's the, the real consequence of visibility and press reporting around this issue. So, Rachel, are you saying that with all the reports, there's been a spike in employees asking for their pay data? I think it's still too soon to say that. However, I think job candidates are more interested now in um, citing the pay gap that they see reported. And they're less inclined to provide their salary when they go to a job interview. So I think there are knock-on effects to this. 
Um, and as a result, what we are seeing is employers being a bit more proactive uh, to reassure themselves that there aren't actual pay parity issues or equal pay issues in their organisation. So they are starting to investigate their own pay structures. What do you mean when you say they're not providing their salary data when they go for interviews? So often when you go for a job interview, if you're a successful candidate, one of the first questions an organisation might ask you is, what's your current salary? And em employees have willingly been given that data up until now. Now, I think because of the spotlight on gender pay gap reporting, individuals are thinking, well, I don't see that as a relevant question. What's relevant is what's the value of the role that I'm applying for? And what should I be paid if I'm given that role or offered that role? Not whether or not I've been paid a certain rate of pay in a previous role in a different organisation. So effectively making the employer go back, review the value in terms of remuneration for that particular role. Absolutely, because it should be about the value of that job to the organisation, not what the person entering the organisation was previously paid. Because if that's a systematic pattern that employers are going to follow, then where there has been discrepancy in gender pay in other organisations, we'll never eradicate it because we'll constantly be hiring females potentially on lower salaries than, than their male counterparts because in the market they may have been used to a lower rate of pay. Okay, let's uh, talk about equal pay audits now. Sarah, what exactly are they in a nutshell? As Rachel's just said, in order to be able to properly evaluate a role when you're talking to a candidate, you need to have conducted some form of audit as to how um, people who have been performing that role have been paid in the past. That um, can be done through an equal pay audit that allows you to flag differences between men and women doing the same work um, across the organisation. Look at why there might be differences. Are those differences based on gender or are there other objective reasons as to why pay has um, been different between the two genders? Um, and can there, is there any justification for those differences? Unless you've actually done an equal pay audit, it's impossible for you to say in a gender pay gap report that there is no equal pay issue because you cannot truly have the confidence to be able to say that uh, in the absence of an audit. That would be a lot of interesting information to have in a report. If I was a savvy employee, I would love to get hold of that information. It's just the sort of information that could be woven into a lengthy equal pay employment tribunal claim. What would you advise an employer whether they should or they shouldn't conduct an equal pay audit because once done, you have the report. It's a great point, Sheila, and I think that is historically what has worried employers about going down the route of doing an audit. But if you put it into the context of other situations, let's say health and safety, for example, you don't take an approach as an employer of keeping your fingers crossed and hoping that there are no health and safety issues within the organisation. Um, so why would you do the same for equal pay? Um, I think when we're now seeing, particularly in this enlightened environment of increased focus on culture, um, employers wanting to conduct a much deeper analysis of their um, pay information so that they can reassure themselves that actually in the same way they're compliant in other respects within their business, they're compliant from an equal pay perspective as well. So Sarah, what you're saying is employers will use that information to uh, manage risk, but surely they need to be careful they don't inadvertently create risk that the material unearthed gets out into the public domain before they've even had a chance to remedy it. 
Absolutely. And it, I think that's historically another reason why employers have been reluctant to do this. Um, but of course, you can conduct your audit um, using legal privilege to be able to really test the data, work through the risk that the data um, may be identifying um, and getting advice on what you can do to mitigate that risk. And only at the point when you're ready to share the information on a wider basis. Um, and hopefully that's when you've already got your answers to what the risks are and how you're going to remedy them and that you can go out with a very positive story. Okay so an employer decides to take the route of doing an equal pay audit. Rachel can you take us through what the output of an equal pay audit would look like and the steps you would take once embarking upon it? So I think the output depends very much on what the employer is trying to achieve. Um, First and foremost it will potentially identify individual pay discrepancies between you know, one employee and another. But on a bigger picture scale, it can identify potential flaws in the company's pay structures and practices. If a company has grown over a period of years, but their pay processes haven't changed in line with their growth, then they may be out of kilter and no longer fit for purpose. In addition, one of the outputs of an equal pay audit can be to flag that there are poorly defined governance processes for pay decisions and inconsistency around those pay decisions. What this doesn't mean is that you can get your report on day one and then need to fix everything by day two. What an equal pay audit really does is it informs your pay strategy and which elements are your highest priority for short-term fixing as against planning for longer-term changes where maybe structural pay amendments need to be put into play. So realistically, how long is an equal pay audit going to take from the time you decide to embark upon one to the time you get the outputs? So how long an audit's going to take will very much depend on the scope of the audit and whether or not you're looking at conducting an audit over part of your business, your entire business, whether you've engaged some data analysts to assist with that process and how many jurisdictions you want to be looking at. So I think realistically, it is going to take you between three and four months, but also you need to factor in how much further work might be required internally by your reward and HR teams. Once they have the data, they will need to further investigate underlying reasons for any patterns in that data. So that may take another month to two months. You say that employers may just conduct an audit over part of the business, Is that common? Do they start by testing the water by doing one business area and then move on? I think in our experience, given the the size and scale of some of our clients, then it is more commonplace that they might look at a pocket of a business, maybe an area where they have an inkling that there may be potential risk or that they really just want to litmus test um, their home Um, host country and maybe some of their um, other jurisdictions where they're densely populated. What's the best time to do your audit? Is that before or after your pay and bonus reviews? Again, it depends what your objective is from doing the audit. If it's to inform your overall pay strategy, then I think um, at the start of your financial year or a good six months ahead of your pay review process is a sensible time. If you want to use the data to inform your pay review process, then you will need to have started that at least four months prior to the pay review if the outputs of the audit are going to actually impact some of your pay decisions. 
it's clearly not a decision employer is going to take lightly whether to uh, do an equal pay audit or not. Can we conclude today by asking you both to say what your top tips are when employers are thinking about conducting an equal pay audit? Sarah. Well, I think the focus so far, um, because of gender pay gap reporting, has obviously been on gender um, and looking at whether there is equal pay between male and female employees. Um, But it's not going to be difficult to be able to cut the information in a different way, to be able to look at it from the perspective of ethnicity, um, disability, um, or other protected characteristics. Now, of course, a lot of that information is dependent on the information that you are given by your employees. But we already know that the government is beginning to focus on ethnicity pay reporting. Um, So this is going to be the next thing on the agenda for employers. Rachel? I think for me it's about the why and the how. So what's your objective once you have this data? What are you planning to do with it? And the scope is critical. So to my earlier point, is it going to be an entire organisation audit or are you going to pinpoint pockets of your organisation and really nail down the scope of, of what you're investigating? In wrapping up, I think we're saying here that equal pay audits are a good thing to do. That's not to say they're not without their challenges, but in an ever-increasing transparent workplace, they're going to become a thing of the future. I'd like to say thank you, Sarah and Rachel, and it's goodbye from me as well.